If you're in that position where I've been in it since that startup scale up environment and content is literally everything across the company. Don't, don't panic. Don't do that because it, it's easy to be overwhelmed. You know, take things systematically, prioritize what you're doing. B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X, and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello and welcome to B2B Content Strategist. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder of Content 10X. And in this episode, I speak to Tom Rennell. Tom manages the content and communications team at Adverity, which is an integrated data platform for teams that run on data. Now, Tom and I met at Digital Marketing World Forum in July 2022 in London, and I knew when we met that I wanted to invite Tom onto our next season of the show, so I'm delighted that he was agreeable to coming on. Tom has an enormous portfolio as he's responsible for the production of all marketing collateral, which includes case studies, brochures, white papers, slide decks, website content, the blog, social channels, external messaging, design, PR and comms, the overall brand identity, few, and he's doing a brilliant job, which is why I was so keen to speak to him about his overarching content strategy and current priorities for 2023 at Adverity. We also talk about the importance of identifying your ideal customer, how he streamlines and optimizes the day-to-day recurring processes. We look at ways to integrate AI into these processes, and we discuss the most standout marketing initiatives that Tom's been involved in. Also, why research reports are the gift that keeps on giving and what he would do with an unlimited budget. And it's not what you would expect either. It's a really interesting episode. So let's dive in. Tom, welcome to B2B Content Strategist. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, Well, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Really looking forward to this conversation. So to get started, Tom, just in summary, could you explain a bit about what Adverity does and and your role in it all as well, please? That'd be great. Sure. So uh, Averity is the uh, fully integrated data platform for integrating and enhancing and enriching uh, data and data governance, uh, effectively uh, bringing all your business data, marketing, sales data into one place from various different platforms and then allowing uh, businesses to analyze that more easily to uh, help drive their data-driven strategy. Cool. And what does a typical business look like that would be using the platform? Uh, well, we scale. We we um, we, uh, we cater for all different sizes, right? So, you know, your big enterprise companies, uh, clients like IKEA and so forth, um, right down to much smaller companies who who still require so smaller B two B companies who still require that. Anybody who's spending a significant amount of money on some ad spend and um, and their marketing activities who need to get a holistic view over uh, over all of their activities and understand what's performing and what's not. Um, because yes. it's quite difficult in this day and age with so many different data sources you have. You know, we've been talking about big, big data for 20 years, right? Um, but it's now become so um, 
so, so you know, there's so much data out there and it's all in different formats and it's very hard to get it all in one place. So to create that single source of truth over your entire business performance is becoming increasingly more and more difficult. Um, and so that's uh, that that's the, the major challenge that our platform solves. Yeah, makes sense. And for you, so your role and, and what does your team look like? Like how many people, what kind of roles do you have in the, the marketing team? So that's interesting because we're a scale-up company. And the few years that I've been here, we've grown very, very rapidly. So my role has changed quite a lot. And when I started Continent Comms, so I lead the Continent Comms team, when I started, that meant quite a lot of things. So content could mean a lot of things in a lot of companies, but that meant websites and blogs and uh, various different um, external marketing activities and our communication strategy, and um, but also internal stuff. So, so developing out the brand and design for helping build sales decks and templates for presentations and um, everything you can think of that business needs to have in terms of content. Um, and as we've grown and scaled, you know, uh, my team's become much more specialised, So, uh, which makes sense because we couldn't keep doing all of these things. I mean, I started and there was just three of us on the team. And then we grew a bit and then we moved uh, certain responsibilities over. We've now got a full-time website manager. We've got web developers. Um, and so my team has become much more focused on the content marketing side of things. Um, I mean, we're still involved in the various other aspects of the business, but but that's where for this year, certainly, we we, we need to be much more focused on as we yeah. grow. Yeah, and I notice it says on your LinkedIn about as you're responsible for, you know, the social channels, messaging, PR, comms, and looking at Adverity, um, you guys have got a very, you know, strong presence on LinkedIn, you're on YouTube, you're on Twitter, your blog gets updated regularly. I know there's been a discussion about launching a podcast and you and I met at Digital Marketing World Forum. So obviously you get involved in events as well. So I'd love to know in terms of your overarching content strategy, what are your current priorities as you, well, well I say head into 2023, we're well into 2023, <laughs> but what, what are your main content strategies for this year? Yeah, I mean, it's scary. We're already halfway through Q1. Exactly. Um, so, well, I mean, as we, we were saying before, um, we, we've just undertaken a huge rebrand. Yeah. Um, so it's a really interesting time for us to talk about that strategy. And, and for anybody who's ever done a rebrand, you'll know it, it's it's um, both fun and exciting, but also an enormous headache. Um, so we're just coming off the back of, uh, of that. Um, and that's been a sort of, you know, six months project, uh, which is actually quite quick. Uh, the turnaround time is quite quick for that. Um, so at the moment, you know, the, the part of the strategy is just reinforcing that brand out there, making sure it's out there, making sure that everything has been updated that should be updated. Um, but in general, if we if we look at 2023, and I think this is the same for a lot of companies, there's a big focus on efficiency. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about this, not just in content, because, you know, this looming prospect of recession and we need to be able to do more with with what we have or even slightly less. Um, so so that's a key thing. You know, when we met at, at DMWF, you know, you were talking to me a lot about that video first approach, which is a, which is a wonderful approach and, and certainly ticks that box for efficiency because um, you can you can generate multiple pieces of collateral um from from that initial video and that also takes that box of finding those right audience as well so we're, it's it's that sort of democratization of our data i suppose is the best way to do it to throw a buzzword at you i'm afraid sorry 
<laughs> but, but, but being able to find all those different audiences and the different ways that they consume content. I mean, there's so much stuff out there and you don't always know where your where your customers are. And so by being able to present that opportunity to listen to somebody for somebody who likes to listen to things, um, somebody wants to watch video. I personally, I'm, I'm a reader. I like to read things. So I need to, I obviously written form. But if you only focus on one, then you're always going to miss these other opportunities you have. So that's another key area that we're, we're bringing into our strategy for this year. And I um, lastly, I suppose, another sort of area, uh, and it's always been something key for us, um, kind of put on hold because of the rebrand, as everything gets uh, put on hold during a rebrand, is um, educational content. It's it's really key for us. And the reason for that is, is one, um, we generally want to educate people and we want to have really good, you know, valuable content for, for, for people to use. But secondly, because I think the industry that we're in, it's still sort of burgeoning. There's a lot of things that people don't necessarily understand and they need to learn more and understand more about data, how it's integrated, what the value is um, and, and, and the concepts behind analytics as well. So it's really key for us to be able to educate our audience so they understand the value of our, our product as well. And you mentioned, you know, when I was asking who are your clients, obviously you mentioned it's really quite a broad range of clients from from huge companies. You mentioned IKEA to, to small or so. Um, do you like do you take a campaign focus when it comes to your content campaigns in terms of different ICP, like different client, ideal clients and sort of following different routes for different target audiences? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, this is a project rebrand, um, you know, part of that, so not just, uh, you know, changing the colors and the, and the logo, it's, it's having a rethink about, um, you know, how you're positioned as a company. And one of one of those things is looking at our ideal audiences, um, and, and ideal customers, and, uh, and understanding those better. So, so certainly, we've identified a few there, uh, and new ones that we didn't really identify before. And part of those is, is more, uh, technically um uh technically mature or technically knowledgeable uh customer base which is which is another interesting area to get into we're, we're fortunate that throughout the company we've got a lot of um really smart people work here and they're always willing to help so being able to to get their thoughts out uh and put that into the content that we generate that really really hits that more um technical audience i think um, that that's a sort of key aspect to what we want to do in 2023, broaden what we were doing before, more yeah. specialised for those particular, uh, as you say, ICPs. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, obviously there's a lot going on, I guess, with the rebrand and everything, as well as just day-to-day -day and recurring processes that you have. Is there anything that you and your team do to really try and streamline and optimise some of those more day-to-day -day and recurring processes? Yeah, I'm glad you asked this, actually, because it's something that's really key to me is I'm a big believer in what I call the putting chaos in boxes approach. I feel like, you know, in any company, especially a scale up, and as we talk about content, there's a lot of sort of creativity behind it. There's a, there's also uh, uh, quite a lot of chaos in, in terms yeah. of ideas and things going on. So I'm, I'm really unstickler for really good folder systems, really good naming conventions, having processes written down because, I mean, process is a major one because, you know, you, you can have an initiative, you want to have an idea, but 
if you want to scale that and then start doing it bigger and more and, and, and increasing it, you, you can't do that without without a process setting out, you know, what are the steps at this stage? What do you need to do? What are your channels? You know, who's responsible for what? And even just sort of simple things like when recording a video, this is you need to set these sort of parameters on the resolution that you want and so forth. So so yeah, that's that's generally sort of my approach to doing those things, trying to do it systematically. So again, you can scale much much more simply um and then look back over things as well and see what the process was and where, where it's gone wrong so i think that's sort of really really key to me uh key for me um and and having things like a good digital asset management system as well a damn system um which i always love saying damn system <laughs> damn system <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah sort of it, it's being that sort of yeah having that systematic approach to sort of keep things in line. And, and it's fine to have a bit of chaos. I mean, you're always going to have a bit of chaos, but if you can put it into those boxes and keep things sort of structured and certainly having content buckets as well as another as another important aspect, you know, um, it's quite a broad sort of spectrum of, of topics that you want to talk about. So if you can find a way um, to, to put them into specific buckets, you can then... Uh, identify as well where you have holes between in that bucket so you know if you're if you think of your content as uh, the different pieces of content down a funnel you know you're going to have all this sort of stuff at the awareness stage with the consideration decision all different types of collateral if you put your content into those buckets you can see okay which buckets where i'm missing things where's my customer journey broken with the with the content that i have so you can identify what's a priority to then really really work on does that make sense yeah it does uh, it really does make sense and um you know what you were saying about the sort of organizing the chaos and the file conventions, folders, systems, processes. Uh, you and I are exactly the same. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm very, very, very particular about trying to bring order to to anything. And also, I, j- I just completely agree with you that if you want to repeat success with something, or and also avoid any failure, you have to draw up the process and document it and down to yeah. the the finer details and things like that. So, no, I, I completely am <laughs> aligned with you on that. Just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a B2B technology or professional services company and you want help with streamlining your content operations, outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. Have you guys started to do much with AI in your content marketing, content creation space? Not, not here. I mean, as a company, we provide we AI is involved in more yes. service offering, but no, yeah. I mean, our content, I mean, it's it's interesting because um, uh, I suppose the big thing is ChatGPT, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. everyone's talking um, about that. <laughs> which I'm not against. I'm not against. A lot of people, I think, are sort of really scared of this. I'm, I'm certainly not scared of it at all. I, you know, it's 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 really it's fascinatingly interesting. Um, and we are talking about how we can best uh, bring that into into our processes because it's a time saver. 
in the day. I mean, that's what technology is supposed to be, you know. Why did we invent washing machines? Well, because it took too long to wash clothes. And so now we've exactly. the time. And, and I, I feel people are really, um, they're, they're scared by it, intimidated by it. It's, you know, it's going to take our jobs. I was, a friend of mine was messaging me about it and said, I've been on there and I think it's terrible. I asked it to write me an, an opening scene of a Samuel Beckett play or in the oh script of Samuel Beckett. <laughs> And, and she said, he said it did, and it was rubbish. And I thought, yeah, but it understood the question, right? That's some, you know, better than 95% of the population. And <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I, mean, I think there's definitely things that, that, that could be used there and utilized. Um, and it's something on our in our roadmap, but but not something we've really done as of yet. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um it's largely dependent on the quality that you put in as to the quality that comes out, isn't it? Yeah, and you're always going to have to check it anyway, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but it, it can if it can save you a bit of time and give you a little bit of a leg up from where you were before, then um it has its place, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think you know moving to sort of content creation, but the sort of operations and management side of things. Um, you know, if you look at um, Scott Brinker or somebody like that, he was talking about how you look at these sort of plethora of tools and and, and over the past sort of 10, 15 years as well, what it means is there's so much more content being generated by companies. Um, so one, that, that puts an emphasis on obviously making your content as, as good as possible and as better as it stands out. But two, from a content management point of view, even if you... You know, you just say you have perfect content being generated all the time by an AI. You still need to manage that. You still need to understand where it goes. You need to understand distribution. You need to look at, you know, the, the, the data behind it, what's performing, what's not. So there is still a huge role for, for human beings for the time being, fingers crossed. Um, I, I, so I would urge people not to be too terrified by it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> In terms of people doing things for you instead of AI, looking a bit more now at um, outsource providers and suppliers. So as you're heading up content and communications at Verity, what what kind of things do you look to outsource and work with expertise and external partners versus keep in-house um, for the, that side? Yeah, of I mean, I suppose there's two there's two sides to that. The, the one is where you're, you know, you're a small team, you've got limited resources, you're going to outsource at the end, you know, to some freelancers, the stuff that's kind of at the lower end of the spectrum, that's a bit more routine, that can be repeated, but you don't. So I don't really, don't really want to do internally, but you don't you don't have the time yeah. to sort of put things out there. And then it's going to be at the other end of the scale where you don't have that expertise to do it. You know, yeah. um, you, you want to go film a, an advert and you know want extremely high quality in the house. You're really going to have those sorts of expertise, or you know, working with with various agencies, SEO agencies, things like that, or, or website development, things like that. So, um, for me, it's either a, the, the yeah. one on the other end of that scale. For everything in the middle is what we want to try and achieve ourselves. What kind of red flags do you see when you're having discussions with those higher end of the scale? So where it really is, you know, plugging a, a skills gap. Um, so working with real experts and looking to form, you know, partnerships with those those suppliers of that expertise. Are there any red flags that would cause you to think this is just not going to be a right I think those red flags probably come internally first. I mean, for me, it'd be a red flag if you're, I mean, it's fine to sort of test things, but if you're going to a vendor with not really sure what you want to achieve from it, and you don't really have any data to back up why you want to do this in the first place, um, that for me is a, is a red flag. Uh, I think, you know, if you're going to spend that sort of money, 
and resources on, on having, you know, an expert and a specialized agency work on something, you need to understand exactly what you're, you're wanting to get out of this. Uh, what does success look like? How are we doing this? I, I don't think in, in, certainly in today's sort of economic environment, companies can afford to be testing new content initiatives by, by, by spending those sorts of resources. I think they need to, certainly for us, um, it's knowing exactly what we want to do. We have an idea that this works and it impacts the you know, positive impact upon our bottom line. So before we even think about taking that out to, to, to a third party vendor, I think that would be my big red flag. Yeah. Basically sort of throwing money at something without really. Sort of yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of as much a really an internal red flag of why are we doing this as opposed to something that the supplier, that like something that the vendor's giving off to you in terms of like they don't seem like the right people. They're yeah. for both, really, I guess. Well, well, I say also the right, the right, you know, agency. I know mean, I worked agency side years ago as well. You, you know that. And um, um, I, th- I feel like you know when when I was working on that side, that would be the sort of thing I'd be saying back to clients as well. Yes. You know, we want to take the project because we want all your money, but, um, yeah. but but I don't think we should. It would be dishonest for us to do so because we feel like you need to answer these questions first and so you're going to get the most out of it. And so I think when you talk to agencies who have that mindset as well, that sort of reinforces that sort of sense of honesty. And I think that's important. I think, you know, the, 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 another red flag would be someone who doesn't say something like that and, and then just, um, yeah, is just happy to take your money. Uh, without yeah. really wanting to contribute to your company and your company's growth and the goals that you have. So I think the first question I'd like to hear from agents is, okay, what are you trying to achieve? What are your actual goals? So, because then they're on, you know, you've realized that they're on board and they want to achieve those goals too for you. Yeah, I 100% agree. And when you do have an interaction with an agency and they come to the conclusion that it's not right for you, but, you know, because, you know, they've decided that you aren't ready yet and that there's certain steps that need to be taken. You know, personally, I always have massive respect for that. And then I'll usually go and take the steps that they recommend and come back to them because, you know, you've already realized that they're honest and they want success for you and them. And they're not just going to take your money just because you're there. Um, So it it always, it strengthens the relationship overall with that honesty, doesn't it? So I completely agree with you on that. Yeah, I think honesty is the key word there as well. Yeah, it Transparency, is. Transparency, honesty, you, you know, you're not, I don't, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel I was doing my job properly if I, there are certain things that I didn't say back to her. Back to. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about one of your best content marketing initiatives. So I'd love to know, um, I guess, you know, best is a strong word, but a real like standout content marketing initiative. And, you know, why did it stand out to you as being something that's always going to be memorable that you've worked on? We've done a few things. I think the one that that's been the most interesting to work on and um and delivered, you know, the most in terms of just sort of one project. And it's gonna sound very boring, I think, but for me it wasn't, uh, is the research projects that we work on. Um, you know, putting out um full research reports into certain areas. Um and and that's actually done, you know, it's been really interesting for us, but it's also, yeah, it's also performed very well. So from brand awareness, you know, as, as a scale, we wanted to generate more brand awareness. Um, so that certainly ticked that box. And suddenly we, we're creating big thought leadership topics that are now being talked about in the industry. And some key people in the industry are talking about and we're getting recognition and notoriety around that. But it also, by doing that, um, gave us a lot more insights into our own customers as well and, and understanding the industry. So those are sorts of 
pieces of content that we could pass on to not just our sales team but our product team you know this is this is genuinely good very interesting feedback um which then sparks initiatives in in the other parts of the company as well so it's it's again it's that efficiency it's it's trying to kill as many birds with one stone um and and that's why i kind of liked it it was it it was really interesting working i i, I come from a background of writing reports anyway and i i like data and making graphs and really nice sort of, sort of cool graphs and and, and digging into the data um but but then having that extra sort of part of it as well so we're not just sort of ticking that that box around brand awareness we're, we're also helping the company in other ways with the information we're finding it's it doesn't sound so exciting i'm sure people are watching this game it's a research report it's not <laughs> but they are research reports are fun i like them they uh they and, and delving into data and i'm trying to understand things a bit better is is very very it's always yeah. core to our company obviously and but, but core to what we do as well yeah and uh, yeah there's just so much that can come from that independent original research as well like you said so you know it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving if you have all of that information so oh, definitely yeah. positions you as that leader that you look to be positioned as absolutely and and it, it, it still it still keeps coming up you know we'll, yeah. the first one was was now a couple of years ago i think and um and it still still get lots of backlinks. Still have articles that, that that talk about it. It's still being used by our sales team as some of these sort of data points to talk to 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 prospects about and and say you know does this, does this sound familiar to you? These sorts of percentages. Um, yeah, it, it, as you say, the gift that keeps on giving. It's there, and I and and it doesn't have to be a huge um, outlay. It doesn't it doesn't have to cost a huge amount. You can really sort of focus it on what you want. And um, I'd I'd say you know. I say it's a it's a really good thing for people to try and companies to try, especially you know the, the same situation that, that Advertia at, where big and growing. There's a lot of growth, uh, but you need that brand awareness and you want that recognition and you you want to be as as we are that that sort of thought leader within the space. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Um, what about any tales of what not to do? So, do you have any cautionary content marketing tales or stories of something a campaign that perhaps you know? Or a marketing technique that perhaps didn't go <laughs> go as expected. <laughs> um, well, I'd, I'd go back to that whole um, putting chaos and boxes thing. You know, having a good system, folders, and naming conventions, and a, and a proper digital asset management system. That's kind of one of the one of the big ones. Um, I think also, you know, if you're in that position where where I've been in, it's, it's that startup scale-up environment and content is literally everything across the company. Um, don't, don't panic. That's another sort of, don't do that because it, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Um, you know, take things systematically, prioritize what you're doing. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, you know, lots of things in my career, you know, brilliant ideas we've had and we put all this energy into it and in the end it just didn't work or... It got deprioritized for other things, and I, I you know, I could, I could think of a hundred sort of, you know, video campaigns we wanted to do, and we did one, and then it didn't really work, and so we forgot about it. And I suppose my advice to that is don't get disheartened. Keep your ideas, you know. Um, I would also say one thing is to it's that transition from having a really great idea. Hey, wouldn't this be brilliant? in a meeting um don't just write it down <laughs> just because i think often that happens yeah. people are very creative and everybody talks about this wonderful idea but in your business as usual you never manage to fit it in and so um i would say yeah make sure not to let those good ideas go um yeah. do give them a try do test things don't be afraid of failure i failed loads of times it's not fun but then you, at least you know and then next time you do it 
in 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 a couple of years, you you, you know a little bit about the challenges that face that, that are going to face you, and yeah. Is that yeah? Yeah, no. It's, I don't really it's, want to dwell too much on my no, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely great advice, and you know, yeah, really, really good. Um, me, let's so three quick fire questions now. Um, the first one is, uh, do you have a takeaway tip that you would give other content marketers like yourself who are looking to really optimize content output? Uh, yeah, data, 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 data. Yep. Go on, look at the data. It was an obvious one, right? Yeah. No, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and, and not just, there's a lot of, you know, vanity metrics out there. There are sort of quite basic sort of data points that you can take, especially with the content, but you need to go beyond views or impressions or, or engagement rates and things. But, but, but really understand, I mean, for us, it's about understanding how, those different campaigns and different collateral that we create um, actually contributes to the bottom line. And, and it's quite hard to do, right? It's quite hard to, to understand that journey. Like, you know, how do you measure brand awareness? I mean, there's ways of doing it. You can look at branded search. You can um, you can, you can can try and understand the organic traffic coming from particular places, you know, from, from own media or different sort of channels that you work on. But it's never going to be perfect. But, but if you try and build that out and understand it, see what people what's happening when people come into your ecosphere into your website um you know because they read a blog what are they doing next and a conversion point this is sort of thing that i say you know a conversion point doesn't have to be oh we've won a client actually there's lots of conversion points along that road and a conversion point could be something just as they were on your blog and then they've gone somewhere else on the website that's a conversion right you've 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 achieved something you've kept them there but where are they going okay so how can you how can you then optimize all those sort of stages and try and try and understand it. I think, I think that's that's that for me is really really key. And it's difficult. It's not it's not easy at all. No. Um, so so looking for and yeah, looking looking at those sort of deeper into the data and trying to understand that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think often like we find this this things that we've we spent huge amounts of time on and actually hasn't really performed how we want. And then there's that. That throwaway video or that throwaway article, we didn't really think about it. It didn't take very long, but actually, wow, according to those metrics and those conversions yeah. put in place, actually it's done really, really well. And they're very surprising. And so then you can learn from that and you say, okay, so why did this one work? Yeah. But again, it's not it's not just about views. I mean, you know, I've written loads of blogs in my life that will get you loads and loads of views, but it doesn't nobody's clicking yeah. anything. You know, it's not achieving <laughs> anything. It just looks good. Yeah. And you know that's that's not really 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 helpful. Fortunately, you know my 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 boss at CMO is 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 not taken in by those vanity metrics. If I turn to her and say, look, look at this blog with we got loads of loads of things, she just doesn't care because it's just what's it actually achieved. Um, so it's good it's good to sort of push yourself on that as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. What would you say is a typically overlooked or undervalued tool that you would recommend to content marketers if you know of any? <laughs> May I say again, folders and naming conventions. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Adverity, right? I've got to have a little plug there. I was going to say apart from Adverity, but then I thought, well, is that insulting to say it could possibly be overlooked or undervalued because <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it shouldn't be? Um, I think... Um, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, just sort of any tool that's going to help you with your data and understand it better and, you know, not just to plug. I mean, even if it's a, even if it's a spreadsheet, you, you know, you need to be doing it and need to be looking at it. Um, 
But um, so from the pure sort of content side, yeah, I, I, I mentioned before digital asset management systems, and I kind of overstate how, how important I think they are. Yeah. Um, so just having a way of organizing all of your collateral and content, um, adding metadata to your content, so make it searchable within the company, but also be able to track what you've got and where your holes are. Um, seeing a big picture, that single source of truth of your content. Um, and avoiding that terrible, terrible thing of having multiple versions of the same document. And oh, the, yes, it drives me up the wall when people send me something and it's called version 3.1 final. And it's not final. And there's a date on it as well. <laughs> final version two. Um, you know, use version control on things. It's so much better than it used to be. Like proper, really good version control. Um, make sure there's only one version of every document. You don't want to also be having to, when you... But you create something and then you realize you've got to change something as with a rebrand. You don't want to have to be changing it in 17 different places. It's a waste of your time. Make sure there's only one place that you have to change it and update it from. So, you know, it's a that, um, single input, multiple output, I think people say. Um, so, so those sorts of tools. And it sounds really, really boring, but it's so helpful. And really, really, it's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. Um, and just things more streamlined, far more efficient, give you a better idea of what you're doing and, you know, avoiding that sort of scattergun approach to things as well and, and losing content, losing collateral. You know, the company is just like sort of, I don't know where this thing is anymore. I've lost it. It's crazy. Yeah, I agree. And and just the the mistakes, mishaps and reworks that can happen through poor version control documents is crazy, isn't it? You know, someone builds an entire web page on v5 of the document and it was v6 go and rebuild the whole thing and stuff so that and happens wrong yeah and then... yeah 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 what version are you looking at and no it's it's really really important stuff i completely agree with you i mean back back in the day though that's how we had to work you know we didn't have sort of cloud and all that sort of stuff i sound quite old and no we didn't have cloud but um but we didn't and 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 you did have to work like that and you had to be much more rigorous but the tools are there now and great our version control now works on 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 things like OneDrive or or or, or g drive that they're, they're extremely good and yeah. and people need to use them more often make the most of it yeah absolutely if you could create any kind of content for adverity so um you've just been given an unlimited budget to do a billboard in Times square or you know primetime tv advertisement in the super bowl or something like that um, what what do you think would be the go-to for you in terms of a high budget, do anything to get this content in front of your audience? I'd, uh, I'd do another research report, but I'd have like Morgan Freeman do it <laughs> to it, you know, um, as a video and he'd talk everybody through it. Um, no, I, yeah, uh, I think something like that, you know, putting money into to really exciting, sort of engaging um recorded video but high quality sort of content i mean i think it's interesting that you know as as, as technology has changed and we've you, you know companies have been able to in-house do a lot more themselves without um having you know a big camera crew and things you know you can see now we can we can do zoom meetings we do this you know it's a lot more accessible um but still there'll always be that call for that really high quality i'd want to get you know james cameron or someone in to direct a uh a, a whole interview or something like that or you know that 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 would be really good fun i think yeah there's a, there's some other things in there as well a bit more realistic ones i suppose is the kind of interesting technology that's that is now as i say sort of more accessible and you know in the past I, I, I worked on things for, for clients on augmented reality, for example, right? That's really exciting. 
Um, and I thought, I think we sort of came to us and said, oh, I thought, no, we're going to reality. We, we need like an entire company just for that. It's actually, no, it's actually, you know, much more accessible. You can you can work with with different vendors to do that. And, um, and it's really successful and very interesting. It's it's not going to be relevant for a, for, for, for a B2B SaaS company, unfortunately. I don't how that would work. But, but there are other things there, like um, gamification, for example. I think that's really sort of key and really interesting. It's something we want to look at um, because... You know, don't don't tell, show that sort of approach. Um, and I think gamification, you know, things could work there really, really well uh, and be quite exciting. As I say, it's it's that sort of technology is now much more accessible. It's amazing, isn't budgets. it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Without those huge, you know, development teams and budgets, but actually like having um, these tools at our fingertips and just getting better um, year on year as well, aren't they? So yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm a bit, you know, I I, I like Adobe and, and Creative Suite and, and doing things like that, but 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 you don't need to to be able to, you don't have to know how that works to to be able to use things, um, you know, simple assistance camera things like that. So, it's yeah, it's it's a really interesting sort of place to be. I, I, sorry, I'm going off on a slight tangent, yeah, well, but I think it's 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 shown in the way that you know how influences and and that that career people is, is changed and blossomed so it becomes so big and it's because people can do this themselves now without having to be experts in in these quite complicated programs um and, and software yeah i agree with you um it's funny it made me laugh when you mentioned morgan freeman as a voiceover because in episode one of this uh, season's podcast when i asked um jess cook the same question she talked about uh, like like really high production videos that they would do, and my fit, I said, would you have Morgan Freeman as the narrator of that? You've got any budget? Would you get Morgan Freeman? So it's so funny how we both went. Great to that. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's just got a lovely voice, isn't he? Exactly. Why would you not want him? Talking about about great minds. So on um, B 2 B content strategist, we love to speak with great minds, true leaders like yourself in the B2B marketing world, particularly the B2B tech marketing world. So who do you think we should talk to? So who who do you see as a real leader in the B2B marketing space? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head, to be honest. I, okay. can, um, I can I could follow that with afterwards afterwards. I don't want to put people on the spot. I know that <laughs> that's okay. Um I could talk it's about... more of a hypothetically speaking. Yeah. It's not that we'll race off and invite the person on. It's more just, it's really just asking you, you know, who who are your, who do you see as really, you know, leaders of the, yeah, whether it's co a colleague, past or present to somebody who puts out great content on LinkedIn or something like that, but just yeah. a, you know, a leader in the. I'll B2B tell you who space. I'm, uh, again, this isn't actually in the B2B space at all. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, uh, hijack your question a bit because I've been watching this, this. This is stopping to me, but it's really good and actually really like these guys' videos. Um, he's is CP Gray on YouTube. I suggest watching him. He's very very good at uh, taking uh, very complicated topics and and he uses animations to explain very very simply these sorts of quite complicated topics. Um, I'm a big fan of him. 
is because I just think it's really hard to, to, to it does a lot of research into this. There's a lot of effort goes into these animations, um, but they're really, really great and informative videos. So for me personally, I'd like to take something like that and do that for, 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 for because we're talking about something really, really complicated as well. So you're not quite what you were asking. No, that's awesome. I hardly, I suggest people looking up CP Gray as well, because it's, it's, if you're dealing with quite complicated subject matter, he's a really good example of somebody who can, can make that really accessible to people. Yeah. Awesome. We we will check them out and we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. So that, that's fab. That's exactly what I wanted. Like some, someone <laughs> new and different for people to, um, to check out and have a look at. So that's great. Yeah. Um, where would you like people to go to connect with you, Tom? Uh, please come to our website, yep. uh, cool. www.adverity.com. Uh, you can see our blog on there. You can also find us on Medium. Find us okay. on LinkedIn. Um, please leave comments. Let us know how you feel our, um, our, our our education videos, our education series. I mentioned it before, how that's doing. Um, any ideas, things that you don't know about that you'd want us to be talking about uh, more in the uh, marketing data and analytics world? Cool. All right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on B2B Content Strategist. It's been a fab conversation. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure everyone listening in has really enjoyed it too. So yeah, thanks so much, Tom. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought of our conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find Content 10X on all the social platforms or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com, where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and I'll catch you in the next one.